barbershop, you know the rules. No fighting, no cussing, no cousin, no blood. Now sit yourself down and act like you got some sense. Now watch two friends, friends from small town of West Virginia. Have one thing in common. I love a tip. So it's only right that they get together to wax poetic about what they love. This is Hip Hop Manifesto. This next song, next song, next album we'll get into. Is a little ditty called The Eminem Show. You may have heard of it. Yeah, you may have heard of it. It was only the biggest album in 2002. Now, take I'm, that back. You probably haven't heard of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know how fickle you fans can be. Now, I know a lot of. Um, uh, what, what am I looking for? I know, I know you, some of you might be groaning, like, oh my God, Eminem's terrible. But hyphen, you I just talked about Talib and Kweli. How are you going to talk about someone like Eminem? I will tell you how I will talk about some about Eminem. Here we go. Here we go. This was the first Eminem album I, I um, I get. I guess I could say uh, not not boy. I've never bought an Eminem album. Um, bootlegging. Sorry, Eminem. You're not getting my money. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first Eminem album that I downloaded b- before it had really hit. You know. Like, it was about, I probably got it like maybe a week or so. He was early. already big at this point, though. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, for some reason, I really wanted to hear this album. And I don't know why. Now, when Eminem first came out or whatever with My Name Is, Slim Shady LP, I listened to it. I thought it was cool. But I didn't, I didn't see the, oh, my God, he's one of the dopest rappers ever. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. And people could say stuff about Infinite or, and... Oh, Infinite was dope and blah, blah, Infinite blah. Infinite was great. I've never listened to Infinite. Wow. You're doing yourself a disservice well, as a person that likes any Eminem album. So can I, do I need to stop talking? No, I'm just saying. But I'm just saying, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't buying into the hype. You know, like, I, res- yeah. I respected it. He made some de- decent songs. But, and I'm one of a few people who, people are like, oh, Marshall's Mathers LP easily. No. I am not... A huge fan of Marshall Mathers LP because I feel like he took the formula he started with Slim Shady, and he uh, took it to like level fifty and just said the most outrageous shit yeah. on on Marshall Mathers. And the funny thing is, that's the same shit he did on Relapse. And I'll sit here and say I like the Relapse album. So, but you know what? Up to that point though, he was kind of just a commodity. He was. And you're like, oh, it's that silly, crazy white guy. Yeah. And you really, even at that point, even though he, like, my name is, I don't know, sold, like, what, 50 million singles or something like that? Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is incredible. Look at the success. You knew more would come just because they made so much money off of him in the beginning. Right. But you never expected long term for him to really have an impact. No, no. And everybody kept, like, I kept reading the source, like, that's when I was reading the source having everybody like, oh, Eminem's such a dope lyricist. And I'm like... He's not a dope lyricist. He did songs about killing his wife and doing drugs. I'm like, I could do that shit. And this is me at, like, uh, this is 2002. So I was, like, only uh, 18 saying this shit, you know? And uh, I don't know. When it, when I listen to this album, the reason I love it so much, I feel like this is the first time he really opened up and started exploring other avenues in his music. Well, I gotta put that in perspective since I'm the only one out of these two that have listened to Infinite. <laughs> he went there with Infinite. Infinite was the exact story that you would think for a rapper that came up from the underground and was successful as a lyricist. And you could just see through the uh, the course of Eminem's career that he got to a point 
before his first actual album released to the public, he's like, okay, I gotta do something if I'm gonna make it. If I'm gonna be an artist, I gotta do something. Right. He figured out that formula and cashed in on it on dropping names and being controversial and just crazy off the wall shit. Yeah. And then it seemed I like I did once respect his battle game though. The Eminem show before came around. He actually started to return to the lyricist that he was prior to his first album. Like because Infinite Infinite was a deep ass album. It still had hints of what his next albums would be, but this is really kind of a return to the essence of Eminem as a rapper himself. Mm-hmm. Oh. I guess I need to listen to Infinite. <laughs> but like I said, this album and as you said, it was him really, I guess, more so returning to his roots and stuff, which I had never heard at this time. So, like, I'm here, I'm looking at track lists, and you'll see stuff like White America, Business, Cleaning Out My Closet, Square Dance. Like, uh, I'm sure you're going to be talking about murdering and being Slim Shady. But, honestly, this album should have been called the Marshall Mathers LP. Because this is like Marshall Mathers talking rather than Slim Shady or yeah. them. Now... The reason I say that is just like, like Dre, Dre had limited involvement with this album. Like he produced a couple joints, he was on some songs, but this is the first album that Dre really stepped away from, and, I, and it's noticeable. Well, he produced a lot of these songs himself, didn't he? Yeah, a lot of these Eminem actually produced himself. Now, the best thing about this album for me is he—he's just like the topics on every song. Like they, he just goes in on a topic. Like I think honestly, a lot of my um, a lot of the credit for my songwriting will go to Eminem, because if I think about it, because like he he's always like if he's on a topic, he will go, he will envelop that topic and make that song like till I collapse. Right, like White America, he basically just does a song about about like all these like how he influences all these kids and and how uh, uh, all you need to beware because everybody's afraid they're gonna turn into him and all this stuff, and he's like. He's basically saying, I'm sick of y'all thinking of me as this per this one person when all I'm doing is entertaining y'all and stop and he's like, there's no reason to really follow me. Just do you. That's what white America's really about. But I don't know but but I don't know if it came across like that. People say, Oh, I love that song White America. White America oh. Like, no, no. <laughs> like you have to it's deeper than that. And in business, business is just kinda chilled, he's just kinda fooling around. Cleaning out my closet is where he really gets into it, though. He's basically talking about it's more of his or the more I hate my mom stuff, but yeah, it actually was kind of personal. It was yeah, it actually didn't seem like always dissing his mom to, yeah. to be extreme again, but really it was right. like not really. I'm getting this out. I'm clearing my chest. Yeah, I'm going to actually talk about this. Yeah, and Square Dance actually featured those accents that everybody hates so much, <laughs> but on Square Dance he dissed. The shit out of cannabis. I'm back now. I've come to release this info. I'll be brief and let me just keep shit simple. Can a bitch don't want no beef with Slim? No. Not even on my radar. So won't you please jump off my dick, lay off and stay off. And follow me as I put these crayons to chaos. From seance to seance. And I forget exactly why. I think I'm in a, um, a cannabis man mentioned him at one point in the song. But he dissed the shit out of cannabis all while making a silly accent. And it's it's simply amazing. But like this whole album though, like even without me, like he always has the corny single to lead, except for like the one he has out now, Not Afraid. But without me is easily his best lead single ever. Because like the beat is like 
it's it's zany or whatever, but the beat is catchy, and he's just like his lyrics are ridiculous. Like he's like he's just hitting like it's the beat is like it's like it's like it's like so it's like a slow four count, and he's like putting sixteen um syllable like sixteen beats before he even gets that that first bar. It's it's he's really an exercise on that song, and yeah, he did. It's really exercising lyricism there. And then he has songs like Sing for the Moment, which is more personal stuff. Haley's song, where he's singing about his daughter Haley the whole song. And it actually led to the whole him singing hook saying that he does now. But the best song on here for me is Easily Till I Collapse. Oh, it's just beats. him and Nate Dogg. I believe he produced the beat. But, my God, that's just him. That's him just putting it down. Like, if, <laughs> if anybody said, give me an Eminem song where he's just spitting. That's the song. He murders it from start to finish. Till I collapse, I'm spilling these raps long as you feel them. To the day that I drop, you'll never say that I'm not killing them. Cause when I am not, then I'ma stop pinning them. And I am not hip hop, and I'm just not Eminem. Subliminal thoughts when I'ma stop sending them. Women are caught in webs, spin them in hawk, spin them, adrenaline shots. The penicillin could not get the ill in the stomach. And honestly, as a whole. Like there may be moments where you feel like the album's like slowing down. Like like say towards the end, like say what you say when they're dissing when dissing Jermaine Dupree when that little beef was on him and Dr. Dre. And then like my dad's going crazy, that's okay. Um and, and Drips Drips is about venereal disease and yeah, it's not that great, but but I feel like the album as a whole oh started the whole road that Eminem has gotten to now with going back to his roots, as I've been informed. And um just getting back to doing the music, actually getting to do the music that he wanted to do. And little did I know, of course, that he was hooked on all kinds of drugs at the time. But uh, it's, I just feel like it's an amazing piece of work from him. It's an important step to where he's at now, I, I believe. Yeah. A very good album, though. I think so, too. I'm sorry, I, I kind of just talked okay. over you the whole time. I, I don't really know what I get real pa- that. I get real passionate about my albums, apparently. Gosh. So I'm going to just let that Showing be off. what it was and leave the Eminem show for that. I, I really have nothing that I could add to that. I enjoyed this album. I'm not a huge Eminem fan. And this album still has, for every song that you don't like on there, there's a really good song that makes up for it. Yeah. <laughs> Enough that, like, I would still go out and buy this if I bought albums. <laughs> if I bought albums, you'd now, be on my list, buddy. If you really tried to. To break down like the architecture of the album and look at the song orders and the flow, I think that I was really weirded out by that because there'd be like "Till I Collapse," which is like hits really really hard, and then it gets kind of weird. Like my dad's gone crazy, which my, my dad's gone crazy. I don't know if I was putting this CD together, I wouldn't put those next to each other. And there's actually uh, let's see, there's actually oh, till I don't think it's "Soldier" is actually a dope song. But that became one of the songs that uh, that 50 Cent and G Unit hopped on and murdered the shit out of and helped and was part of 50's Buzz in 2003, which led yeah. to him blowing up all over the place or late 2002 rather. So for its time, it was really good. It still stands up on its own as one of the better Eminem albums. I would I would still put this at the top of my list as one of the best Eminem albums. I respect Marshall Mathers more at this point than I did when it came out. Maybe it was overhyped at the time, but uh. I definitely, it's a great piece of work, like I said before. What what, what time are we at? Where's the recording oh, device? Ah, uh, recording device. Yes. I can't read that. 
I don't know. Crazy MacBook, what are you doing? <laughs> it's just scrolling. It's counting measures. Why is it counting wow. measures? It doesn't matter. As long as it's recording. That's all I wanted to see. So, like, I hadn't seen the screen in a while, so it really sucked. We're like, man, great episode. Stop recording at 14 yeah, like, minutes. Like, wow. Uh, man. We just talk to ourselves. <laughs> oh, that'd be terrible. Hello, it's- Ustream. And that's when we'd be like, all right, we're ripping this from the Ustream audio fuck quality <laughs> word it's, it's getting darker in here wow because there's no lighting need some lights yeah I'm trying to set the mood set the mood off right i believe it's it's your turn okay and i think you want to go with uh one dark man x well since I, it I was kind of dark in here i'm gonna <laughs> go with dark man x dark man x d m x as oh, he's probably known album. as earl aka simmons. earl simmons <laughs> better known as but uh this album came out in 1998. Um, it's Dark and Hell's High. And this is the other album that we were talking about along with um, Black Star that really led, though this definitely led to the shift in hip-hop because, like we said, everything was all jiggy out and everything from Puffy taking over the world in 1997. And then this album came out and just changed the face of everything that was going on. To give you some background, this is a crazy thing. Like we, we said Dark Man X, and a lot of people won't know this, but... DMX, he used to have an album out before this. Uh, this is not his first album to any extent. Do you remember what the album was called? No. I don't even know if it was officially released or if this is just an underground album, but it was called Darkman X. That, that's what he went by. Yeah. And it was a flop. I've heard of it. It, it didn't really get anywhere. And I guess he, he went through, uh, he, he got depressed, somehow turned his life around or at least to, got to a different point in his life. Came back as DMX and then put out this masterpiece. And I don't know what happened. Maybe everyone was just built up all this tension after listening to so many Tupac songs and then just wanted to be a rider again. But as soon as Rough Rider stuff came out, everybody was on it. Yeah, You could not get any harder than DMX in anybody's eyes at the time. DMX was the 50 Cent of his five minutes of fame that he had yeah. before 50 Cent was around. Everyone was like, you don't he, fuck with DMX. <laughs> he was the, um, everybody, everybody says that, uh, that Drake, uh, is, uh, 50, 50 cent of the game or fi- he's, he's the new 50 because of his buzz being so big. DMX was the first 50 cent. And I mean that like no artist had a bigger buzz than him going. I wouldn't even say going in, going into that. Yeah. Going into the album. Cause, um, get at me dog was out. He had a huge yeah. buzz. He was every. Everybody was talking about DMX, DMX, DMX. And he was the hottest dude out. And the crazy thing is, if you think about this album, you probably remember like some of the, the classic songs of the single like Rough Riders Anthem. Yeah. Which comes on and everybody starts singing that stuff like they know what it means. <laughs> but really, if, if I look at this playlist right now, I see like a, a few songs I think are classics, but it still doesn't hit you over the head and say this is a hip-hop classic. No. But yet somehow it has its place there in hard-ass albums of that time that everybody rocked out to. Like, Stop Being Greedy or uh, the video for How's It Going Down. In fact, oh, wow. I'm going to take just a second for How's It Going Down because for whatever reason, there's a girl in that video that I still think about. I was going to make the hip-hop confession side. <laughs> Man, the girl in that video. Man, she was an incredible. I, I want to know who that is. If anybody actually listens to this. And happens to know that, get at me. Man. She's amazing. And it, 
I love that song. I don't know why. Shout out to Faith on the hook, yo. Yeah, I like how is. how it was subtle, you know, when like yeah. like big feature Faith Evans. It was like no, it's like, was like uh, just doing a little sing song thing. Like, I'm politicking with the chicken, wondering if I'm a creeper. Little hood rap bitch from 25th named Tamika coming through like I do, you know, getting my bark on. Knew she was a thug, cause when I met her, she had a scar. ATF was like a good song. Uh, get um, at me, dog. ATF is one of the best. Stories ever. Boom, 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 boom. Open the door. ATF. And crime story is a, a dope story too. Like, like he, he like, DM, like the best thing about DMX has always been his his voice. But it's so unique. I feel like nobody was sounding like DMX at this time. No, I feel like his um his uh, his lyrics got weaker as his career went on. Yeah. Of course, as the crack came back into his life. Uh, and I'm being serious. He is, really is a crack addict. Right Sorry, now. D. <laughs> Not like it's this isn't just Jabro and radio talking now. This is honest out there. We know that you're on <laughs> crack. It's sad. It really is. Um, but he he really has some classic songs on here, and it's all about the voice and the delivery and just just that anger and that fed upness, I guess that is like he puts across. And I mean, like you have songs like uh, let's see, "Let Me Fly." X is coming. Damien, which is one of the first songs that I recall that I uh, I'll probably say that I heard where uh that's another story song, but he was he was doing a, a second verse on the a second voice on the joint, kind of like reminiscent of uh Gimme the Loot with Biggie doing the high pitched voice and then doing the regular voice. And he's talking basically talking to the devil. Uh for my dogs, that's dope. Um the the only song on here that I really We'll look at it and say, uh, I'm not really a big fan of whatever it is. It would probably be look, look Through My Eyes, yeah. It would have to be that one. And I can feel it as kind of played. I don't even remember that song. Like, now. it had the Phil <laughs> Collins sample, and it was cool, but it never, like, stood out to me, you know? But niggas done started something with Mason the Locks. That was the hardest they had gotten to spit in a while. They yeah. they all got down on that joint. Taking knots from the out of state spots. Any nigga make it hot, get found the vacant lot. You don't really want to come try the one guy who stayed dumb high from blunt lot. The bracket sang, sang alumni. Who got more beef than the Islamic bomb. So I pack enough sonic arms to neutralize atomic bombs. It's not a nigga in your gang wanted. And, and DMX actually was on Mace's album. Like, Mace is one of the first artists to really put him on, really, because it was um, uh, LL had 4321, and right. then Mace That's right. had uh, 24 Hours to Live. It, you know there was a video for 24 Hours to Live? Yeah. I, don't, I only saw it, like, recently. It, uh, he, okay, he's never been quite on the extent of what Nate Dogg was on Hooks, because yeah. Nate Dogg just had just got unleashed on music and was on every single hook and it was a guaranteed like yeah. heavy rotation single. But DMX Get better, for a Nate while Dog. there was even like on top of a ton of hooks. I mean if yeah. DMX was on your hook, man, that shit's going gold at least. Yeah, for real. DMX was a, a force of nature that hit hip hop like had never happened before. Like I don't even remember like I don't even think Nas or Biggie had like like Nas had a buzz right. going in. But I don't think he was at this level. Like maybe as, as the media expanded and stuff, like it was easier for people to say, "Oh, this guy has a buzz, whatever." Um, but he was easily the most anticipated guy to drop in a long time. The thing, that, and he didn't disappoint. Yeah, the the overall characteristic of this album, which I think just makes it still relevant to this day, is if you think back to like say the the early '90s and then how pent up all the lyrics seemed like you would just have 
like uh, rappers like Busta Rhymes. They would just be like, unleash crazy like artistic stuff yeah. all at you at once. Yep. Or you'd have groups like Onyx that would just they come like really really hard, and you're like, man, like it comes so hard, you just feel like it's been bottled up for so long. And it seemed like for a while, hip hop started to get away from that. Like, like we were talking about Mace, and you talk about all these other easy flow like things or like the the rest of the way new york was rapping at this yeah. time mm-hmm. like no one's gonna say something about that like about mob deep no but the energy that well, comes from this album that that one album they put out with g unit that was pretty weak the the energy with this album <laughs> is what makes it obviously I had no comment for that yeah um the funny thing about this album though is it's easily my favorite dmx album and Definitely. i i'd put that at the top and then probably uh and then there was X, and then yeah. on down. As much as I love this album, I absolutely hate Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. I feel like it's the exact same album. Yeah, he, he had a formula and just like kind of slightly updated it. Right. I, I absolutely hate it. And the thing is, it was released in the same year as, as this one was released in like November or December. Didn't have anywhere near the same commercial success. Though. No, I mean it went platinum because everybody was hungry for more DMX. True. But like honestly, looking at the track list, the only songs I even really fucked with on there was let, let's see, uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's it's alright, whatever. Like slipping, slipping easily one of the best DMX songs. I, I've been racking my brain this whole time because I also remember the video of the slipping. Yeah, slipping was dope. Blackout was um dope because it had. Jay Z and the locks on it, and they're no, we're not it. talking about this album. I know. Uh, I'm trying to make a album. point. Listen to the first album. Yeah, listen to <laughs> <laughs> listen to it's dark and hell is high. I was just making a point that if we do an underrated or a overrated album show, I'll probably will say something about flesh my flesh because basically it was the cash cow cashing in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I got the album system. So yeah, this good album. Good album. Very good album. That's a very big shoe. <laughs> we're, we're running out of albums here. We got three left, son. Oh, man. And we've been talking to you guys for like hours. No, it hasn't been hours. Yeah, not really. I think I'm going to make this one episode, though. I'm not going to cheat them anymore. Man, I don't know if they want to listen to us for that long. Yeah, I might break it down. We'll see what happens. Uh, but the, the next album we're going to check out yeah. is... Uh, what is it? What's it going to be? Is it going to be big? No. No. It, it was a little impact album. The next album I want to talk about is by a rapper named Merz, who we've talked about before. Um, we talked about him on the Best Albums of 2008 mix, uh, podcast. Sorry we missed out on 2009. <laughs> We're terrible podcast. Wow. Why do um, you guys listen to us? It's, it's our chemistry. We're charismatic. We're, we're like Talib and Mos. We're like Turk and JD. There you go. Oh, sorry about the cat hair. <laughs> Cat was not feeling laying on your lap, but Cat we're going. We're going to talk about a Murs album, and uh, uh, if Matt wants to um, repeat what Murs's name stands for, he he can. I, I can't remember what it is. Um, uh, oh, making uh something raw shit. <laughs> That's completely wrong. <laughs> Now I'm mad. Whatever. Oh, his name is Murs, and that's what you got to know if you're going to look to buy his album. Well, anyway, Murs was uh, this is uh, actually raw shit? Underground making raw? underground raw shit. Thank you very much. Not making <laughs> making raw shit. Which <laughs> is what I said. But Murs was uh, signed to Definitive Jux, and he actually uh, had put out a couple albums there, and he linked up with a producer named Ninth Wonder, 
who um, became popular through his work with a certain group called Little Brother, who I'm a big fan of. And also for his big placement on the Black Album, because he was the only producer on the Black Album who really um, was an unknown who placed the track on there. And with that song called Threats, um, which featured a Cedric Entertainer, <laughs> just putting one of the most memorable sketches down ever. I keep trash bags with me. <laughs> but Murs and Ninth Wonder hooked up and did an album in like uh, 2004, maybe even early 05. And it was called uh, Merge 316. Uh, also, the, a really the ninth good edition. Album. Now, like while, while you really liked that album, I I liked it for what it was. It was my first time listening to Merge, but uh, besides like a couple joints, it wasn't something I was like, man, I really like Merge. It didn't make me become a big fan of Merge. Now, Merge and Ninth went Merge and Ninth went back into the studio, like in two thousand in two thousand five. This came out in two thousand five. Um, How do you remember these things? You got like the date for every album, and we didn't even like Wikipedia that stuff. I'm just like, huh? this came out. I remember. I remember what I was doing. It was a Sunday. It was Sunday <laughs> outside. I was drinking a Coke the day that it was released. <laughs> Fuck I you, remember. dude. You're like the Rain Man. <laughs> not <laughs> album quite, release dates. Not quite. But uh, he is. It is on the screen though. <laughs> but I did not uh, cheat. No, you've been just spitting that off the whole time. Yeah. It came out late 2005 because I remember bumping it like all winter. It was October 28th. <laughs> I knew I was preparing the. It was the day after Halloween me. Candy. Actually, it was the day after me and Matt actually performed for the first time at 123 Pleasant Street. It was the illest show ever. And. and Merge, you should have been there. And the day after I dropped the Thunderstorm mixtape. Go cop that. But more importantly, back to the music. Oh, shameless. <laughs> I know. Knife, shameless. Knife and Murs got together, went back in the studio, and for some reason, I don't know if they were just talking about it, whatever. They decided, hey, we're not, Merz, like, I'm not going to cu- curse on the album. What? Yeah. And this is from Merz, if you listen to that's, that's my Merz 316. That's my What? <laughs> okay. Not going to be pissed. <laughs> going to beat a bitch down, son. <laughs> but if you listen to Merz 316, there's a lot of cursing on there from Merz. And, like. Because he was making raw shits. Underground raw shit. Oh. <laughs> can't be making underground raw shit and be clean. There you go. <laughs> but uh, which he actually has returned to his um his dirty ways now on a new Murs the Night's Wonder joint. Murs is dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Stop I'm trying to talk about the album. Trying to talk about Murs. And what they did is they they went and put ten only ten songs on the album. Like this album probably at, at its full length is maybe like thirty some minutes. Might tops. as well have been an EP. Yeah, really. But the lyrics that they put together and the beats, they, they just, they have one of the best chemistries of a hip-hop yeah. producer and rapper. Like, really. And just the, the songs, there's only like a couple of real, like, full songs on here. Like, like Murr's Day, that's an intro. Murray's Law, that was a, a whole song. Like, like, he probably put like maybe five or seven, I'm going to say six full songs. Shit, Dark and then he had, Girls is on that. Yeah. Like, there, there's a lot of good songs on here. Like, he has a song called L.A., where he's just bigging up, he's from L.A., of course, just bigging up the city, and it's just amazing, like, like, Ninth Wonder, like, flipped this old, it feels like he flipped the old sample, and it's just like, it sounds like um some music that would play, uh, like, in a western, almost. I'm from L.A. California A. Hot, Dave's got shade, let me take you around the way. A lot of out-of-towners can't handle this city, where you wear the wrong color, and it can't get tricky, but that was 86, and things done changed, we a lot more It's a really dope song. 
everything on here is dope, and that that's one of the amazing things. Like the only curse word on this album comes from Barbershop, where um big when um Big Pooh from Little Brother is featured. And the funny thing is, like I think Big Pooh cursed on his verse, or whatever. I don't think the rules applied to him about no cursing. But um at the end, like Big uh Big Pooh's is like shit talking at the end, and he curses, and then he goes sorry, Merce. <laughs> like I thought it was hilarious or whatever. Shout out to my man Jermaine. First cut. Nigga. Nigga. Sorry, Mercy. But I mean there's Joe Scudder's on there. Like this is bef- this is uh, either before or after he was on uh, the little brother single loving it. I it think either before or it was after it. Shut up. It well, was before it. It was before it. Glad it wasn't exactly at the same time or else he'd be rapping at two places. Shut up! I'm trying to talk about the album. I tried talking about MERS. <laughs> Just talking about MERS. But <laughs> God, you're throwing me off. I, I want to tell you the point of the Merz. album. The point of the album is hip hop does not need to be overdone. They did very little with what they did on this album and made amazing music in only ten tracks. It is concise. It's like they took. Your average hip-hop album that has both good songs and your trash songs and your pop songs and all those, and it just cut out all the fat. And back on the block, I was a bona fide hustler. Spot popping off until the police rushed us, handcuffed us. I thought I was gone. Could have cried thinking I'd miss my son being born. But I was blessed, beat the case. Now I'm trying to reform. But these white folks make it so hard to move on. You got to jump through hoops. Anger management groups. But the fact I'm still standing here today is close. No, seriously, it was like. No, I'm laughing because of you being a dick. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like they they cut down to to the bare essentials the bare, of hip hop album. Bare necessities. Blue remix. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure there already is a dance remix of Bare Necessities. But Murs up on that. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was it was? I think it was a big moment. Um, uh, not a career defining moment. It was a a new a new chapter for Murs when he did this because. I've never listened to any of his definitive junk, junks, definitive junks music. Um, I've only listened to the stuff he's done with Ninth Wonder and the Warner Brothers album, which we talked about, uh, Merch for President. And which is a good album. It was a good album, but he's no longer with Warner Brothers, of course, because Warner Brothers didn't know how to promote him, even though they signed him to that big deal and stuff. But whatever, he's still making music. That's all I care about. Check out Merch, though. Anything that Merch dropped is going to be pretty good. Yeah, he actually just dropped another um another album with Ninth Wonder and uh, it was called Four and Ever. It, it just came out I believe in March or April. Um, that's a really good album too but honestly if you want to hear hip hop in its purest form and probably I don't want I, want, I have to make light of how short it is but like you'll start listening to it and the album is so good it'll be over before you know it. Like when the first time I listened to this album I went on repeat um uh, like I played the album repeat for like a good two hours, and it's only ten songs, so he, they had mad plays by the time I was done. But it really is just a, a nice, fluid album. It, it's kind of like um, it's the album for the ADD, for the <laughs> ADD hip hop fan. Honestly, it really leaves you wanting for more. Yeah, it's one of those albums. It's kind of like, kind of like you. You may not agree with me, but when I was in the theater watching Ray and stuff, and. I've really gotten the raid with Jamie Foxx and everything. And they got to the end and they start scrolling in credits. Ray Charles changed his life and he became a global icon and all this stuff. I was like, 
I want to see more Ray. You know, it made me wanting more. It's one of the few movies that made me made me feel like that. Like, I actually, I felt that way about Iron Man too. I wanted more out of the movie, and there wasn't more. It was over. Um, but this is well, that was different <laughs> because this album was good. <laughs> that movie was not. Oh, no shots. <laughs> But um, I feel bad. I feel like we're making fun of Murs, but yeah. this is a we're not doing dope album. Murs and Ninth Wonder, Murray's Revenge. That's a must listen. Cop that. Cop that status, son. We really like that album. I'm I glad do too. you included that. Okay, so I'm gonna go. We only got two albums. Warm up. If you yeah. keep in track. I might have went to another one. Thanks for ruining it. The warm up. <laughs> yeah. So, we're going to talk about J. Cole. J. Cole. And J. Cole is kind of... Where have you been? He's kind of got a similar story, I guess, to Kanye West. Because J. Cole is a kind of up-and-coming dude that is a producer, is a rapper, has been signed to Rock Nation with J. So, if you got J's co-sign, you're pretty set. You're good. But the thing is, like, lyrically... The dude is a beast. Like, it's unbelievable. We were just listening to some uh, freestyles earlier today, and I was really kind of blown away by the lyrics of this guy. Uh, Haifa put me on to the warm-up, which is not his first album. Uh, his first, like, kind of mixtape was uh, The Come Up. Yeah. And he put the warm-up warm up, up since then. And that's also a good album, and they kind of go hand-in-hand with each other. But we're going to talk about the warm-up. Now... Uh, my my uh, relationship with J. Cole. They dated for a while. <laughs> no comments. Shots. I have I have nothing. I got nothing, dog. Um, I I first heard about J. Cole. I want to say it was last summer, like when he started popping up on the on the blogs, of course. And there's like many 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 things that come across the blogs, like and I'll see like X V or Donis or Pill or. Or uh, what's that one? Donnie Goins. Black they'll, milk. They'll come across blogs or whatever. Yeah. And I ignore them. I completely ignore them. Like, I am a music snob. At this point, I have to be. There's so much content out there. If you try to listen to it all, then you're just going to kill yourself. I can barely get through the shit that I want to hear anymore. And it's kind of sad. It, it makes me sad. It's but, ad nauseum. There you go. Promoted music. Exactly. Now, I, I saw that he was with Rock Nation, and he had the big placement on the Blueprint Three with the the verse on the Stars Born, which is a good verse. I, I didn't like, like his verse. Really? That's what made me want. I was to hear like, more. I think no, that's not what made me want to hear more. Like honestly, I was waiting to hear him like blow my mind, and it didn't happen. So I was let down by his verse. Honestly, on the Stars Born, the verse that made me want to um, really listen to him, give him a try, was on Wale's album. On uh, you're the, right. The joint was a lot and, better, actually. On the, yeah, that's actually what I'm thinking because yeah. I had that conversation with you. Yeah, his um, verse on the the Wale album, Attention Deficit, was really really good. It was actually kind of disappointing on Blueprint Three. Yeah, and hearing him on Wale, you're like, wow, this dude's a beast. He really is, and it, it's it's this is. Uh, like I don't know how to describe it. Like a lot of people have been like, "Oh, he's gonna be he's next Nas and and blah blah blah." I actually have spoken to J Cole. What? I have spoken to J Cole because <laughs> when uh, we were uh, doing the hip, uh, what? Are you uh, name dropping? We were doing the Soundvision TV like webcast thing like last fall, or whatever. He was one of the people who called in. We interviewed him and stuff. He's mad cool. 
But for some reason, I was like, all right, I need to give this guy an honest listen. And I downloaded the warm-up, and I threw on my iPod, and I listened to it one day, and I just, all I listened to was the intro, and I was like, my God, he's rapping his ass off. And it's like, it's one thing, there's, for me, it's one thing, like, you lay down a verse or whatever, and it's like, oh, it was a cool verse or whatever. There's, there's a difference between a rapper who can murder whatever they're saying, who just blows you away when they, when they lay down a verse, and a rapper who just lays their verses. And every single verse on the warm-up, J. Cole just gets at it, you know. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. The warm-up is actually my favorite album come out this year or last year or whatever year it came out. It's going to be the favorite because I really, really enjoy this album. I'm playing the hell out of this album lately. And I've actually have been insanely impressed. I really don't know what to tell you to, to compare him to somebody else. But he did say something at, towards the very end of the album. And beautiful bliss. I fall home to the real. They want to know just how it feel. Who would have thought a little nigga from the Ville could get a deal? And tell them niggas at the top, we want your spot. We are for real. And yeah, we heard you got it locked. But like them socks, we on your heels. So you best be on your toes, nigga. Especially on your flows, nigga. Because man, they keep on checking for me. Especially all your hoes, nigga. Catch me on your dose. He describes kind of the feel of this album by saying that, you know, you're like, the dude in high school that's trying to make the basketball team and like you work really, really hard and then you get up there and you know, it's like the day that they, they put up the list and you're up there checking the list. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm going to be on that list. And you kind of wait in the back. So everybody else kind of look at the list and then you, you know, you get up there and you're going through the names. I'm better than this person. I'm better than this person. And then you realize you're not on the list. And it's kind of weird seeing that because this guy's getting a lot of hype. I mean, he's not getting, like, Drake hype or anything. But he just got signed to Rock Nation, so he's, like, guaranteed success. Yeah. And nothing else, he'll be the next Memph Bleak, which is not a bad career choice in hip-hop. No, not at all. <laughs> but well, Bleak catches a lot of flack, but... He, he comes, great. like, with this humility, almost like he's failed his entire life, but yet he's one of the most up-and-coming prospects. And it's just such a, a unique mind state to have. And I can't even really, like, try to to classify like the content of his lyrics because it's everything that hip hop is all wrapped up into this. I mean, he talks about women, but then he talks about just deep personal stuff, almost like a Joe Budden level. And you're like, but what the hell, where's this coming from? But it is yeah. phenomenal. The one thing I've noticed, I noticed it early in the mixtape, but I, uh, he kind of got away from it later in the mixtape, which I, I felt was good. I felt like he was talking about girls a lot. When I say girls, like just talking about getting, getting ass fucking whatever, having sex, making love. Like, I felt like he was just kind of, a lot of his lines referring to, ah, blah, 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 blah. Like, he was just referring, making sexual references that he didn't need to, in my opinion. But as the mixtape went on, he got away from it. But this is like, J. Cole was just one of those, he has become one of those artists for me. And when I say one of those artists, it's like one of those artists that are on the cusp of blowing up, really. And there's only been a couple people that I felt that way about, and that was Kanye, that was the game. Uh, it was Charles Hamilton. What am I doing? God, it makes me sick. Uh, Drake, except I didn't expect him to blow up so fast. Yeah, I mean, you were on Drake. I was on Drake. I, I said this. <laughs> thank you. I said this. I said this on my mixtape. I just dropped plug. <laughs> that um, I was I was doing a skit and I was like, I was one of the first people to mess with Drake back in 2007. I was like holding down my, I was holding my, you know making big claims and shit. Um, 
But I feel like J. Cole has that it, that it factor. And when I say it factor, I mean an it factor where like five now, years from now, I still will care about J. Cole. Unlike X rapper who has one good song and then I never care about him again. Yeah. He he has it. He he definitely has it going and, on. Man, you listen to him, you just hear hunger. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot which song exactly it's on, but he's he's rapping about being with Jay and then just saying to Jay Z, like, I wonder if Jay Z sees it in my eyes that I, you know I'm going for his throne. Oh yeah. And I think if Jay Z ever like could find an artist that was that hungry to do it, I mean, that, I bet Jay Z signed dude just knowing that, yeah, knowing he is that hungry because I mean, it. That's you a dope line. Um, one of my favorite songs on here though is uh, let's see, I'm trying. Simba to find is that. my favorite. Grown Simba is dope. Yeah, yeah. Grown Simba is great. Lights Please is amazing. His Dead Presidents, uh, two. That's actually his, oh yeah, this is his second yeah. version of Dead Presidents. That is dope. Uh, he did Dead Presidents two, just as good as Jay did. Explain, Dead explain the story that he um, had at the beginning of the song. Okay, I don't. I'm not trying to ruin the album for you, but it's not a movie, so you can listen. So grow <laughs> up. <laughs> but basically, he says in an intro before the song is that he dropped uh, a verse over Dead Presidents on his first album, The Come Up. And, you know, he was really satisfied with it, but when he was letting people listen to the album, this one guy's like, man, you didn't come hard enough to be on a song like Dead Presidents, man. You can do better than that. And he said it just really stuck with him. And so when he did this album, the warm-up, he had to do it again. And thank God he did, because yeah. the first Dead Presidents on uh, Come Up, it was, it was all right. It was just like your up-and-coming rapper going over a classic beat that he'll never quite, you know, Fill the pants of, <laughs> but then he did this, and it's unbelievable because he did it on J level. Like you almost want to listen to this to make up for the lack of reasonable doubt sounding Jay Z music there is. Look, heaven or hell, you choose. Freedom or jail, you lose. I can't stop him as hot as the devil's shoes. Overcame a low life status to blow like Gladys ahead of my time. Like I live my whole life backwards. I'm nothing like these whole life rappers. My whole life practice to be the one. What it's like to be LeBron. They calling you the. It is that good. Yeah, it really is. And one of my fa- one of my favorite songs on here, it's actually him having a crush on a girl, right? Oh wow. Yeah. And over the the dry slow beat by yeah, Kanye West. I, I can't. I don't know if it was called "A Dollar in a Dream" or "Dreams." I, I was looking translate. I couldn't figure it out. But the song, he's like talking about, "Oh, this girl's so fine," and I'm going to introduce myself and blah blah blah. Eventually, he does, and then she's like, "Oh, I have a man, whatever." So he's like, "Cool," and then he <laughs> he wow. goes into goes further to say he goes and kills her man, and then. Basically takes his place and gets the girl in the end. It's like honestly, like yeah, it's just dreams. you may hear that, you may hear that, and you'd be like, man, that's that's graphic and that's that's Eminem like. But it's a, a story is told so well that you uh you just feel like you 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 feel like you could, it's it's basically like I said a movie on wax. Like he he basically broke like if there was if he had scripted that shit out when you watched it you probably wouldn't even like it as much as you like that song. It's so crazy because with this song it starts out and he's like this is some crazy shit I mean crazy I mean like it's really really crazy and you're like all right whatever this um, you know that, you put that in the back of your head whatever <laughs> and then you hear that drive slow beat and you're like always gonna come hard just like every rapper you ever heard rhyme over ride slow after after Kanye did it yeah. And then he starts singing and it starts sounding like just a kind of I Met a Girl song. Like it's 
It's got kind of this really, actually, the really, really overly catchy hook. This the girl of my dreams. Hey, hey, is she good as what she sings? Uh, uh, am I lying to myself? Uh, hey, should I try and get some help? Yeah, say this the girl of my dreams. Yeah, is she as good as what she sings? Uh, am I lying to myself? Hey, should I try and get some help? Yeah, yeah, look. Yeah, and it's almost the type of song that you want to like play for your girl because you know she'll like it because it's about a guy meeting up with a girl. It's one of those songs, even though there's a murder in it. Yeah, but you don't <laughs> see that coming. Like you think it's a little bit obsessive, but you know if you ever listen to I don't know some rock I, like music or something, you're gonna be like, oh, that's nothing. I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to it though because I've I have crushed on a girl that bad. Yeah, you know, it, and you don't see this. Not coming. where I want to murder her. So for us but... to tell you about this murder thing, really. I feel like we've already ruined it for you, actually. I feel like we probably should have never even told you that. No. Because once that third verse comes in, you're like, oh, You have to hear God, it. You, you have to it hear it. So we're sorry we had to tell you that about this song. No spoiler warnings. Yeah, it's the real world, man. You got to grow up. Sometimes people go and ruin shit for you. We got my sexy pose going on right now. Yeah. Where are you streaming this right now? I don't even know if anybody's watching this. I'm, I, I just felt Probably like not. felt the need to bring my laptop in the webcam and get some usage out of it. So, hi. <laughs> but seriously, J. Cole, the warm-up, he's going to be somebody. Like his single, Who That, that he just put out, that shit's nasty. He's working on the album. That shit's going to be cracked. Like if you want to be the dude to, to say I was on motherfucker before he was get, big. Exactly. Now is your chance. He was already putting the freshman ten on the double uh, XL. So you need to get on the J, get in the J Cole business before the whole world wants to be in the J Cole business. And you're just like you're one of that the bandwagon jumpers. He's going to be nice. And this isn't said in the same vein as when I was talking about Charles Hamilton two years ago. Sorry, I'm dead serious. J Cole will blow up. See, we get uh, the warm up, get yes. the come up. We at Hip Hop Manifesto are enablers. We want you to be able to be that music snob. Now take your Vicodin. <laughs> so uh. later, once he's as big as Jay Z, you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't listen to J. Cole. I'm sorry. I only listen to B Hyphen and Show. And what they say on Hip Hop Manifesto. I'm waiting on episode seven now. <laughs> Ten years from now. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. That's when we finally get around to doing our uh, Ages of Hip Hop. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so oh God, so we, we got. I, I feel like we should talk talk about that. Have, did we talk about that really before? We we've mentioned it. We mentioned it. It's going to be the best podcast that ever happened. I'm going to keep still continue have wiping it up. The that little paper? bit we were, no, paper? the little bit that we recorded of that. Were we recorded that. Yeah, but I was over here. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. No. Yeah, I no. came over here. It was summertime. You came picked me up from in us. In. And we went upstairs, I brought the mic, and we tried to record it. And then we're like, we don't know enough about this to record it. And then That was at your old place, man. No, it was here. No. Yes. I don't believe it. Whatever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> man, if you saw it on Ustream, dude, just deck me. <laughs> oh, Joe Button moment. <laughs> oh, God, yo. Oh, man, he's going to kick your ass. Sorry, Mouse. Love you, Mouse. All right, we got one album to go. One. 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 <laughs> and we reference the worst song that we know. <laughs> oh, wow. The last album we're going to talk about is by Kanye West. And no, we're not talking about graduation. We're not talking about college dropout or 808s. So, wow, they took this. Kanye West, how you going to end on young Kanye West, man? Be hyped. What are you doing, man? I feel like late registration does not get enough credit. 
And I'll tell you why. Musically, it's one of the best sounding albums ever. Like the music just sounds big. I understand when he wanted when he made graduation, he wanted to have more crossover songs, and he accomplished that. And I feel like I, I don't feel like he's taking a step backwards with his career, even with AO 808s or whatever. Like, but I just feel like this album is college dropout times five hundred. Wow. Yeah. I I feel like it's that I feel like they're essentially kind of like the same. It's a continuation of college dropout. It just feels bigger, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like he, he says a lot on this album that... I like this album a lot. And we just mentioned Drive Slow. Drive Slow is also on this album. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep track of what songs are on this album, what are on the other. And when I first listened to this, I thought that maybe some of the songs were kind of leftovers from the previous album. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that Hey Mama definitely was a version of that recorded. Uh, I bet Hey Mom was out before his first album was out. Yeah, probably. like that was one of the earliest songs he recorded. But it it had a lot of big songs on it, like real powerful big songs with the orchestras in there, and Kanye's doing his thing on production. And I liked it a lot. I mean, and obviously it got commercial success because Gold Digger was on it. Yeah, and Gold, and Gold Digger is easily one of the biggest singles of the two thousands. Yes. Yeah, it when was you huge. look back at the two thousands, and it still era, rocks. Like yeah. it's not a song you got tired of either. Yeah. I mean, you probably went through withdrawal of the song for a while because right. you're like, I don't want to hear this anymore because I heard it too much. But when you look at this song or this album, there are so many tracks on here that other rappers were so compelled by they had to go do their version over or they had to freestyle over this beat. Right. Because there's Touch the Sky, We Major, Drive Slow. Like, those songs... Just went crazy in the hip-hop world. Like, if you know anybody that thinks they're a rapper or wants to be a rapper or maybe is a rapper, the few that are actually good rappers, they freestyled over that. Another reason I think I love this album is, you know how there's always a threat of the sophomore jinx and stuff, the second album sucking? He he came nowhere near that. He he probably went past what people expected him to do on the second album. Definitely. Like... Even like the first song, like is like when I first heard it, it was amazing. Like it's a little piano, like it's heard him say, I "Got the piano keys going, or whatever." And he's, and then you hear Adam Levine of Maroon Five. <laughs> I saw that on the credits. I was like, "What the hell right. is this?" It made Adam, me scared for that whole album. Adam Levine of Maroon Five, and don't get me wrong, I like a couple Maroon Five songs. Um, I've never been like somebody said, "Oh, I'm gonna listen to the whole album," but there's certain joints I'll be like, "Yeah, I fuck with that song." Perfect on this song. But it's just a perfect blend of two worlds, and that's one of the, one of the things that Kanye does really well. Yeah, like he'll have his moments where I'm like, "That's uh, not working, Kanye." But he really knows how to put people, how to make people mesh on a song. It doesn't feel like a feature, or at least if it's his album, <laughs> it'll be the best mesh ever. He's done some songs with other people. We're like, "Oh, come on, Kanye, what were you thinking, man?" Check, <laughs> check, please, check, please. Yes. <laughs> But Give on his album, it, it meshes beautifully. Yeah. And Even with artists you wouldn't think, like Adam Levine. Yeah, and he inter- he gave Lupe his first major major look, really, because nobody had put Lupe on anything until he did. I guess that was before uh, Child Rebel Soldier, the talks. Yeah, that. Child Rebel so- Soldier, that talk was in 2007. And if you haven't heard that, Child Rebel Soldiers was this group that was proposed between Lupe, Kanye, and, and uh, Pharrell. It actually isn't going to happen now because 
Lupe kind of is going to form his own little hip hop super group, or whatever. And uh, I guess Kanye and for us too busy making money but, and being wow, relevant. just it's the four horsemen story all over again. Yeah, but he put Lupe on a he put him on really. Yeah. I mean, he already had a buzz going, but I mean, I guess it's the whole Lupe's from Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. It's whole it's the whole shot town thing. And Lupe, when I first heard Lupe's verse on Touch the Sky, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. But now if you listen to it and you think about it, like, like, damn, he, he was killing it. Like, and, this, and this is actually what put me on to Lupe because, like, I was like, man, he's not that bad. I went and checked his mixtapes. I, I heard, uh, what was it, uh, first, uh, Fahrenheit 115th. Um, like, I listened to both the first and second parts of that. I was a real big fan. I told Chivalry about him. And Shiv's like, oh, okay, cool. And then Food and Liquor came out. and Revenge of the Nerds was... Revenge of the Nerds was the second one, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Food and Liquor came out. I enjoy Food and Liquor. He really loved Food and Liquor. And now food, he's, Lupe's one of his favorite artists. Food I love Lupe still, life. too. I still love Lupe, too. I think I'm Beaming is one of the dopest songs out now. But um, Can't wait he's obviously just... a bigger, a bigger uh, Lupe fan. But, yeah, that, that kind of broke Lupe to the world, at yeah. least in the mainstream. And I, that's around the time that... Uh, Rockefeller was talking about signing them too. Yeah, and actually, hell, uh, like I know that Jamie Foxx was on uh, college registration or college registration <laughs> on um, college dropout. Um, and he was on uh, slow jams, but really, the gold, the look he gave him on Gold Digger is why Jamie Foxx is has a three album deep R and B career now. Because nobody, this is probably a little known fact. He re- Jamie Foxx released an R and B album back in '96, and nobody cared. After Gold Digger, he's been able to put out two albums, about to put out a third and have hits and be a relevant R&B singer thanks to Gold Digger. It, it, Someone everybody else just thought, oh, he's a funny dude. Yeah, exactly. And Who does that? <laughs> and um, Killer BH. He, uh, Kanye probably got one of the best verses out of Paul Wall before Paul Wall, his run was really over. And like, no offense to Paul Wall. I know he's still rapping and still making music, but I mean, he got him right when Houston was blowing up. Like, if he had to pick a Houston rapper... Um, like he couldn't really pick a better one next to Mike Jones at the time, so Who? I mean, <laughs> shut up. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not getting into that. And like Paul, Paul Wall was on Drop Slow, and it, it was beautiful. Um, one of the one of the um, collaborations that a lot he actually takes crap for on here is uh, "Bring Me Down," which had Brandy on it. Because people was like, oh, it sounds like a Brandy song, whatever. That's probably the best Brandy has sounded in years. And all Kanye does is lay, I think, one verse over it. All and he it, did was throw her a bone, though. When's the last Brandy song that you heard? Exactly. Like, I know she's still making music. She's got the Ray J reality show right now with her brother and stuff. Where they're arguing with her mom most of the time. And I have a question. I know you haven't seen it. Okay. But on the Brandy and Ray J uh, reality show on VH1, I thought Brandy had a baby. <laughs> How come there's no baby present? <laughs> Please explain that to me. Anyway, back to the music. <laughs> who's your baby daddy? I don't have a baby daddy. Because yeah. I'm a dude. No, I mean, who's her baby daddy? What do you think I'm saying? <laughs> I uh, forgot that she had a baby. It was a, a football player or a basketball No, basketball. Quentin Richardson was who she was dating when they broke it off. I think, he was a, I think it was a sports guy, but they got... Man, after, sports dudes, man. Little bit after she had the baby, they ended up splitting. Like Dwayne Wade is with Gabrielle Union. Dwayne. Dwayne? Yeah, Dwayne. D-Wade, son. I know. Uh, now, one of the songs on here I'm not a big fan of. What's that? Well, what is it? My Way Home. And I'll tell you why I'm not a fan of My Way Home. Wow. That's a song 
Kanye's not on it. Common's on it. The reason I hate it, it's a minute and 40. It's a minute and 43 seconds. Just when Common's really getting to the verse, it's like, yeah. it's over. It's like, why did you do that to us, Kanye? That song belongs on a Common album. Yeah. It's a good song, and the beat's nice, but it just doesn't belong on this album. Yeah. But it's kind of the thing. I think it was done on purpose, though. It was put on there to get you to listen to Common's album. I, I think so, too. Because otherwise, if you're one of the uh, what the three million people or whatever about this album, maybe more, you're probably buying this because you're a gold digger and you're the, the soccer mom driving your kids to soccer practice in your <laughs> SUV or whatever. And you're like, oh, what's this? Oh, this is common. I mean, I'll check out this guy. <laughs> Maybe he'll make music that I want to listen to, too. <laughs> now, the song I don't like is the one right after it. And I, I, I could I was about so much wreck for this from you. you. You don't like crack music. No. Well, I was about to say, like, Kanye did three big things on this album. One of them is he didn't like game rap on his song. Like, yeah, honestly, crack music is annoying. Especially the fact that Game is just sitting there going, "That's a crack music, nigga." Like, for, like he serves no purpose. But Ye's verses are cool, and I I can live with it. Honestly, it's a song I can live with. It if you listen to this song, I mean, it's basically, I mean, it is what it is. He's comparing music to crack. Yeah. And you think about it, and you're like, "Wow, that's been done before a lot." Joel Santana, anyone? And the actually lyrically, it's good. Like the comparisons are are actually kind of artistic. But the hook is so annoying that it takes away from the beauty that is this album. Like, yeah. Kanye's not the type to go out and try to get street cred or anything. If he does, we probably won't, wouldn't be talking about him because it would probably be really bad. <laughs> but it's, it really, really irked me when I got to this and I hear Game doing the, the, hook, the hook for it. Yeah. Like, come on, man. But I was just listening to Common a second ago. You can't just throw in the game? What is that? I if heard... a DJ did that in the club, I would walk out. And then waste your ten bucks. Oh, that's a good point. Um, I would think about walking out <laughs> and not buy a drink during that time. Uh, I actually heard, <laughs> I actually heard Gang's verse for it though, because he put it on one of those anti-GU, the GU not mixtapes he's dropping around this time. And I don't know if it was the actual verse that he laid down uh, for Kanye, or if it was a verse he laid down just afterwards and put on the mixtape. But it was, it was so out of place. So. Props to Kanye for not letting him have a verse in the song. Now, the other two things that he did on here was he let Jay kind of speak about the Rockefeller situation on the Diamonds from Sierra Leone remix. That was a big song. It was. Because that, that was actually the first single was was Diamonds, actually. Good morning, this ain't Vietnam still. People lose hands, legs, arms for real. Little was known on Sierra Leone and how we connect to the diamonds we own. When I speak of diamonds in this song, I ain't talking about the ones that be glown. I'm talking about Rockefeller, my home. It was a regular version, which ended up, barely ended up on an album because it was a bonus cut. Like, it, after he did the remix. But the remix, Jay just goes in and says, he, he says some shit about, yeah, I, I did this and that. And he's like, but still the Rock and Gibraltar or whatever. Of course, a few years later, he's like, he got rid of everybody, and then he's like, "Oh, I'm going to leave Def Jam and start Rock Nation." And I think Kanye and Jada Kiss are the only people that's still officially on a Rockefeller Def Jam deal. Jada Kiss? Yeah, the last the uh, last Jada Kiss album, he was on Rockefeller Def Jam. Well, there's a song on here that probably is really really overlooked, but I like it. And surprisingly, man, my girl loves the shit out of the song, and it's not the song your girl probably likes, but Gone. She likes Gone. Loves Gone. My girl. 
and this this is how awesome my girl is, just for a little aside. She knows every word to gone by Cameron, by consequence, and by Kanye. You're fucking kidding and me. If I screw up one word, she calls me on it. Wow. Man. My girl gets official cred for this. And, man, really, she put me on to this song the most. Because I was like, uh, I always hear, like, the Cameron verse. And I don't like it. But Consequence did his damn thing on the so song. Did, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean they both song. did. But I, I had to take a moment for Consequence. Oh, yeah. Because otherwise, people would be like, it was Consequence. Consequence is a great artist. I've been pouring out some liquor for the fact that my pal's gone. Uh. And trying to help his mama with the fact that her child's gone. And since we used to bubble like a tub full of cow gone. Guess it's only right that I should help her from now on. But since they got a foul on, what could have gone wrong? Now they ask the cons, how long has this gone on? And maybe all this money might have gone to my head. Cause it got me thinking money might have gone to the bed. So I ain't going to the dread, but he ain't going up the bed. And when I came the next morning, he was gone my bread. And with that being said, I had gone my instincts. He's really... Like, he's been around forever. He's been around since even Tribe Called Quest. You can hear him on Tribe Called Quest album. He finally dropped his debut album. He's about to drop. He's about to drop his second album. He's got some mixtapes. Don't quit your day job. Yeah, it's he's a really good artist, and he's just growing as an artist. Like every single release he does. But the other thing, the yes. other major thing about this album that he did, he basically reconciled Jay and Nas, and I'll tell you why. He Whoa, went, what are you talking about? You're shaking up my world on Topsy Turvy. He went to Jay and said, I want to get Nas on We Major. Is that cool? Whatever. And Jay's like, go ahead. I don't care. Because it's a Rockefeller album. Keep yes. In he was respecting the fact they had beef before. Nas did it. Jay heard it. Jay wanted to get a verse on the song, but the, it was too close to the album's deadline for him to actually get the, the verse in. But I feel like the fact that Kanye reached out to Nas led to... Nas and Jay-Z eventually reconciling and doing and then making up later in 2005. I think there had to be this awesome moment there with like just creative tension where Nas comes down, oh, whatever, man, I can do a song with Kanye, that's fine. Lays down his verse and Jay's probably like, uh, I'm going to listen to this, I guess. Let me hear Puts on his headphones real kind of awkward like and I guess I'll give it a listen. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to get on this shit. <laughs> We major. I wish I could have been there at that moment. And the the we major is fucking seven minutes and twenty eight seconds long. You could say it takes up a majority of the time. <laughs> it's the longest song on the album, and it's amazing start to finish. Feeling better than some head on a Sunday afternoon. Better than a chick that say yes too soon. Until you have a daughter, that's what I call common. You pray to God she don't grow breast too soon. Projects toe up, gang signs stone up. Niggas has broke off, that's how we grow up. Why else you think shorties write rhymes just to blow up? Get they first car on that IRS show up. He ain't never had shit, but he had that nine. Nigga come through flicking and he had that shine. Put two and two together in a little bad weather. Gonna be your whole family on that funeral line. That's the Reverend was the strip club. And before, before we leave play registration, there's one song on here. I'm glad he included it. It's the very last song on the album, but I think it's dope. It's called Late. and That's not Latte. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Come on. <laughs> oh, the song is called Late, and it's this real smooth out uh, soul sample joint. It sounds like some, it, it was very, very Kanye at the time. And it, it's just like, really, if, if there was a time in hip hop where people should have started saying the word swagger. It would have been on his song, you know. <laughs> like he was just oozing confidence on his song. It was just that's I felt like 
I felt like the song was crucial because even though Kanye made a lot of valid points for him being a, a valid rapper on College Dropout and most of this album, I feel like after you hear, I feel like late is kind of like the precursor to what happens where he goes with him graduation almost. I can see that. And I, I just, I think it's a very important song that shouldn't be left out of the mix. But late registration, my favorite Kanye album, even over graduation. Some may disagree, but there it is. Well, who cares? You're not making podcasts. Yeah, or any money off it like we are. Falling. Kind of. Yeah. Not really. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that is our 10 random albums. And uh, that's how we we get it in. I mean, it it gets no realer than that, really. I mean... There was 10, we told you there'd be 10, and we gave you 10. That's right. about as real as it gets. Uh, I'm trying, like, I mean, if you have any albums that, that you say we, we uh, should have included or whatever, like, oh, well, you should have thought of it this way, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's cool. We'll take your feedback. But, I mean, do you have anything else you want to add before we uh, get to the final, all the where you can find this stuff and email? Well, you know, in? I think. This is potentially, you know, should we ever actually record another podcast? So Maybe we get something. To episode seven. <laughs> we got big shoes to fill. <laughs> this is maybe a, another avenue that we could go and explore uh, in the future. So, if there are other albums that you just even just want to hear us discuss, or you want to know more about, or there's artists that you think should be that are similar and you want to find out other things, just let us know because yeah. we just love talking about hip hop. It really doesn't matter what it is. In fact. The crazier it is, the probably the better show it would be. So hit us up and let us know about that. Yeah, but like we we should definitely probably revisit this sometime. So ten more albums. Why not? If ten you... more more albums. Wow, the sequel to the sequel. That's always the worst one in the trilogy, though. Yeah, that show is gonna suck. What? The sequel to the sequel. You know what's sucking worse than that? The sequel to the sequel of the sequel. We're on some George Lucas Fucking shit. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to go ahead and get to the administrative, as I've heard it called before. Um, if you want to get in touch with uh, with me or Shiv about anything, or uh, just kind of tell us your feedback on the show and say, hey, we're glad you're back. Maybe you should stick around a while. You can email us at uh, hhmpodcast at gmail.com, or you could uh, hit me up at hyphen at gmail.com. But I prefer you use the show one because it'd be cool to get email and say, oh, look, somebody specifically emailed the podcast. Someone actually does care. Uh, like I said earlier, we are on iTunes now, so make sure you definitely check us out there. Um, of course, I'm going to flood the flood my little world, my little piece of the Internet with this show once it's up. So you'll be able to find it all over the place there. Um, the website, again, is uh, hhmpodcast.blogspot.com. You can stream. You can download. Anything like that. And we're on and, the Twitter. And you can comment. We have a Twitter. That's right. Hip Hop Manifesto. <laughs> Hip Hop Manifesto has a the Twitter. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash hip hop manifesto. Or you can go to twitter.com slash be hyphen or twitter.com slash shivery. And if you if you like our podcast, this is kind of a, an ongoing thing between hyphen and I. I mean, we argue over who's going to get to sleep with Sasha Gray. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, dissing women at the mall to Twitter misogyny <laughs> hashtag for the win so yeah if you like this there's plenty more on Twitter that we can do without actually recording a podcast so yeah so. Um, actually Sasha I, I still enjoy Sasha 
she she's definitely made it into the rotation of I'm feeling watching this girl today. Oh, no, I'm still in love with her. I can't say I'm over. But Christina Rose has a great ass. <laughs> Too bad you took that picture down off your Twitter. Damn. <laughs> um, so it's up on the Twitter. The Twitter. And, uh, and of course, you can find uh, uh, b-com. You can also find all the podcasts on there. Like I have a little podcast page now, and you can see my guest appearances, and hopefully this guy will get some guest appearances in the future. Yeah, and hopefully... Someday. Yeah, yeah, maybe some, maybe someday he'll want to be on Better in the Dark with me. That would be an interesting show. I don't think those guys would like me. I think those guys they, probably they love you. This guy's an asshole. Thomas and Tarek, every time I'm like, how's show are we doing? They're like, oh, he's good, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's just because I'm famous. In your, <laughs> in your own mind, son. In your own mind. Um, but yeah, actually, I'm glad you mentioned them because I think it's appropriate that we... we yeah, you started listening to them. I did. It's good. Yeah, you st- he started from the beginning, so you got eighty some episodes. Man, that's hard, man. I started. I came in. They had just gotten to episode twenty one, so I listened to the first twenty one episodes. And what we're talking about is better in the dark. And better there's nobody in the, dark. in the world that can tell you what better in the dark is than B hyphen. So, real quick, quick promo. All right, let, let me for break a it. sister podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he thinks y'all are girls. Apparently, they don't like you now. Man. Blew it. No, they did the James Bond shit. They did. They they did do the James Bond. I mean, that takes they, dedication. They got that their, their last last James Bond episode coming up. It's going to cover Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Nice. Or as, as they called it, the Quantum of Boredom. Boredom, because they weren't fans of it. Wow. Yeah, I've never seen either one. So interesting. I got to hear that. But let me break it down to you. Better in the Dark is these two guys from Brooklyn. Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson. Thomas DJ dabbled in podcasting. Podcasting. He's a rancher of pods. <laughs> podcasting a little before uh, he got the better in the dark. He had a fan fiction podcast called Other People's Toys, and I was a big fan of it. And he actually interviewed Derek in an episode, and then it kind of went away, and he's never explained that to me. So next time I'm on the show, probably either to do another Spike Lee episode or to do the uh, John Singleton episode. I'm going to have to ask you that, Tom. Now, uh, they decided, I think they got hit up by like a website, a sci-fi website, and they're like, or a horror website, and they're like, hey, um, will you uh, uh, review horror movies or, and do a podcast? And Tom and Derek were like, cool, let's, let's try it out. And so they started doing it, and then the website never took off or whatever, and they really didn't have anywhere to, anything to do with it. They just kind of posted on their live journals and stuff. And they just kept going. And they, they just, they cover all kinds of movies, like, They've covered movies as far back as, I think the furthest back they've went that I recall, I think maybe a movie from the 40s. Wow. Like Derek Derek is a big, uh, besides being a published author, <laughs> he's also a huge movie buff. Like he's published two books if, just of his movie reviews and stuff. Wow. And then Thomas has been in writing, just writing in stories and like magazines and media and books and short stories. Like he's been writing for years as well. So while you're on iTunes... Looking up the latest hip hop manifesto. You better be looking up. Check out Better in the Dark. And basically, let me get to the grit of it. I'm like telling their life story. Um, they they review movies, like whether it's new movies or a certain series, or they just pick random movies and then talk about it. They have great chemistry, and they just they just go in on movies, and they 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 have they just have a hell of a time doing it, and then you have a hell of a time because you're listening to them record. So it's an amazing process, and you can check them out at Earth2.net. Better in the dark. So make sure you look them up and tell them that B hyphen sent you. And I'm also the guy that does their official theme song. <laughs> Shameless. <laughs>
Well, thank you. I, I think I, I should be allowed to, to brag a little bit. I mean, that's a big look. I mean, I don't know how many people listen to their podcast now, but I mean, they hear my voice every single episode. Yeah, but that's like, oh, okay. What? That works. That's like what? Now I was going to make a comparison, but then I realized it, it would be right. No, no, what were you going to say? No, I was just thinking about our, our boy uh, Paycheck Game, and he did the intro for uh, Bank Bus. No, they, Bank Bus never recognized that, though. Oh, fuck Bank Bus, then. I, th- I think there was one point where, uh, I think he got an email or something, or... They, That's it? They, they, they yeah. never, like, really made... It's not like you're going to go to Bang Bus right now and turn on a trailer and, like... It should be. They should at least give them a free porn subscription It should, because Paycheck probably put a lot of people on Bang Bus, because that was, like... He put down, like, 2,000. That's when Bang Bus started taking out. And, again, this conversation's turned to porn. Shameless. <laughs> you ain't lying. Oh. Well, yeah, thanks for listening to us. Yeah, yeah this has been Hip Hop Manifesto. What? Uh... <laughs> Don't forget to um, check out the other podcasts, uh, Two Web Shooters in a Microphone and Victory Jump Off Radio. Just put out a new episode of Victory Jump Off Radio entitled Summer Madness. Best podcast I've done of that series yet. It's like the radio in a podcast. With a brain. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, yo. That's enough. Hip Hop Manifesto, we are out. No sleep till Brooklyn. Bitches. No longer could we share the love that was there You've been listening to Hip Hop Manifesto, brought to you by Matthew Spencer and Kellen Conley. Inspirations for this episode goes out to Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson of Better in the Dark, Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier of Smodcast, and Michael Bailey and Shag of Views from the Long Box. If you're trying to find any of our previous episodes, check us out at hhmpodcast.blogspot.com. If you have any comments, uh, hate mail, pipe bombs, bite better in the dark, send it to hhmpodcast at gmail.com. Hopefully we'll be back sooner than later. If not, we'll be back later than sooner. What? (laughs) Hip-Hop Manifesto. Peace. I'm, I'm doing this just in case, like, there's, like, something I can just have, like, a, ha-ha, that was funny, like, at the end of the show uh, or something. Right. Mm. It's oh, got to be the worst normal. food that I've ever made, seriously. Don't be too hard on yourself. Oh, there we go. What are you talking about? That's going to be part of that bowl, yo. I almost feel you could have fixed the crack I'm in the bowl to. with that. <laughs> but, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fixed my bowl that we cracked. Yeah, I just made some really bad food and it just kind of got stuck there. Don't heat it up too much, though. <laughs> It'll melt. <laughs> uh, well. All right, we're right, broadcasting right now. And I'm going to let everybody oh, no, know. Damn, son. That's, that's lame. That's real. Real live shit.